We are starting a new series today. In His Light. In His Light. Evidences of God's grace. In His Light. Why? You know, we've just walked through, you may not have even noticed this, but we talk about worship, walk, work, and witness, the four W's that a disciple does. Worship, knowing Him and adoring Him. Knowing Him, signature of the Almighty. As we spend some time pouring through the Old Testament, looking at the names of God, getting to know Him a little better. Adoring Him, spending time alone with Him in our prayer time conversations with God. Have you noticed how the sermon series is beginning to flow? Worship, knowing and adoring him. We spent some time in the fall getting to know and adore our God. The next steps, walk and work. You know, I was praying through how we could go after these passionate W's and there is no better book to do that with than the book of Ephesians. The apostle Paul dives in to a call to walk and a call to work. But he does it in such a wonderful way because he starts the first three chapters saying, here's what you need to know to be basking in his light, theological strength before I call you to action. So we're going to be walking through the book of Ephesians. We're going to do this series in his light for the next seven weeks where we are going to be learning all about God pouring into this world and into your life. That's where we're headed. In his light, evidences of God's grace. So there was a professor of a college. He walked in the first day of class and he began to teach. And as he was enunciating clearly, and as he was grabbing those words that he knew would get their attention, he was kind of catching this a lot. You know what I mean? Where the head's bobbing and, you know, they're trying to, they're wrestling to keep their eyes open. Probably how a lot of us felt on New Year's Eve. But they're, they're drifting off. And he would tend to walk up closely. You know how you do that as a teacher? You try to walk up closely to get their attention. And at least the person right in front of you goes, oh, I better look, you know. And so he's slowly waking up the group as he's wandering around. And he just realized they're not getting it. So we went to the back. And he drew a giant black circle on a piece of paper. And he turns around and he holds it up and he says, what do you see? What do you see? And of course, everybody's like, that's so obvious. You know how when it's obvious, you don't want to speak, right? And so they're all just sitting there quietly. Like, I'm not going to be the moron who says that, you know? And he said, come on, somebody tell me, what do you see? And a guy raises his hand and goes, a big giant black dot. And he said, good. What do you see? Now the person next to him goes, that you can't color in the lines real well? You know, keep going. What do you see? And it just got quiet. He said, look around the black dot. The white paper. Nobody's even talking about the paper. All too often, we focus on the black dot. And in this class, we're going to focus on the whole. White paper and black dot. It's time to learn, not just the obvious, but that which may take a little more observation. You know, isn't that a lot like our lives? All too often as we walk through our daily life, we see the black dot. The obvious, 
the pain, the problems, the struggles, the things that aren't quite the way we'd want them to be. And we can enunciate those very clearly. I see the big black dot. But do we see the white paper around it that God has given into our lives? Those blessings that he uses to structure our life. As God is holding up in front of us the plan for your life, are you seeing the white paper and the black dot? Or just the black dot. Paul's challenge as he dives into the beginning of Ephesians chapter 1. He's writing a letter to a church. And he decides, see the white paper. That's his challenge. See the white paper. Okay? So we're going to be going through Ephesians chapter 1 this morning. Verses 1 through 14. Uh, The ushers are going to be coming forward. They've got Bibles. We would love to get one in your hands. We're going to be walking verse by verse through this passage. So uh, if you'd like to have a Bible and you don't have one with you, just raise your hand. They'll get one into your hands, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Wow. That's a lot of words. Paul thought, you know what? I just want to get them in the right place to get this thing started. I just want to make sure they've got the right focus. And so he starts off right off the bat, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the first point here, praise God the Father for how he has blessed me. Praise God the Father for how he has blessed me. Paul dives in, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Blessed. What does that word mean? To praise, to lift up, to celebrate, to honor, to make sure that true focus is given to him. Blessed be him. Focus on him. Glory to him. Celebrate him. Why? Because he's pouring it out. Because he is unbelievable in his giving nature. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Okay, here we go. Verse 4. Even as he 
chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Chose. You know what that word means? It means this. Reach out, select the one, and lift it up. You're like, yeah, I think I could have done that myself. I think I could have defined that. That's what the word means. It literally means to reach out and select. So now your minds are spinning. What does that imply? What does that mean? We're going to get to that in just a second here, okay? But we need to understand something. When he put that word in, he put it in what in the Greek is called the middle voice. It means he did it for himself. It means this is about him. His choosing, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And he's bringing honor to himself as he reaches out and chooses. Picture, if you will, a big giant vat of gumballs, blue, red, white, yellow, whatever. And you reach in and you select one out, that special color of your own, right? The choosing. It's for himself that he's doing this choosing. He's saying, even as he chose us in him, when? Before the foundation of the world. You're kidding me. Before God had spoken anything into existence, way back at the beginning of time, that's when the choosing occurred. Wow. God is choosing back then. And then we say, well, why would he do that? That we should be holy and blameless before him. He is choosing us to be able to set us before him So we can reflect his glory and be conformed to him and become more like him. And as we become more like him, we are showing off to the world. This is who God is. This is how great he is. Did you know that? He has chosen you that you could be holy and blameless before him and reflect his glory. Holy and blameless. That's why he chose you. There's a point in time where we will stand before him. Not just treated as holy and blameless, but holy and blameless. Wow. (laughs) Are you feeling it coming? Like, that's a pretty unbelievable moment. As he is saying, not only will you be transformed along the way in a process, but there will be a point in time where you will stand before me perfect. You will stand before me holy and blameless forever. That's why I'm choosing you. That's why I'm going after you. That's why I'm reaching out to you. And now everybody seeing that can't help but say, praise be to God. It's all about him. Look at the work he's done. Choosing. But you know, the father does another thing here. It says, in love, in love, he predestined us. For the adoption of sons. Predestined. Pre, before, determined. So he has predetermined for us that we would be adopted as sons. You know, that phrase, adopted as sons, that's actually one word in the Greek. So pretend like there's hyphens in there. Adopted sons. Okay? That's what we are. Adopted sons. Well, what's the big deal with that? Do you know the word there, sons? It's not child. Child is the little one running around. Son is the one who is rightful heir to the throne. Son is the one who has obtained the inheritance and rightfully so is honored as an adult interacting with him. He is saying, you are adopted into my kingdom as an heir. 
to my throne, rightfully so. Welcome, adopted one. That's what he's saying. You have been predestined to be an adopted one. Wow. Rightfully so, we stand on outside of that kingdom. No relationship with him. But he chooses to work with us and through us and draw us to himself and treat us as an adopted one of him. Okay, so we've got the elephant in the living room. Everybody's saying, chosen, predestined? What are we going to do with these words? What are we going to do with it? Now, I want to make sure that we understand clearly two things. Number one, Paul was not trying to establish a dissertation that was full and complete on predestination versus free will or on God choosing versus our responsibility and how they play together. So as we go through Ephesians chapter 1, if we end up going, I don't get what you're trying to say. How do they all work together? We're missing the point. He's saying, no, get this point. God wants you. Get this point. God wants to work with you. He loves you. And he's all about being with you. That's who God is. God loves you. So we got to be careful. I mean, I'll just say this. Chosen and predestined. These are words that involve God's aspect in working with us, in coming to him. Picture it like a diamond, okay? And one facet of that diamond is God's work as he's going after us. But there's another facet to that diamond. We do have responsibility. Ephesians chapter 2 calls for us to have faith in him. Romans chapter 10 calls for us to believe and confess in him. Romans chapter 3 says that if we don't do certain things, we won't be saved. Salvation comes through belief and confession that we do. Notice what it does not say. You are chosen and predestined, so you're saved. You are chosen and predestined, but along the way there is a calling and a moving and a working and then a hearing and then a believing and then we're saved. We have responsibility. So let's just be careful as we work these words. I will say this. God is a very big God. And there are times where he is at work in ways we don't quite understand. And while we do have a God who has chosen and predestined, we also have a responsibility. And both are true. So there are theology systems that have come together that have tried to explain how the two work together. And you know what? Honestly, I think the best thing you can do is take the message that Paul's trying to send, which is this. You are wanted. God Almighty desiring to be in your life. And then we work forward with responsibility to make sure that people hear the gospel and they respond. It leaves us very balanced before the Lord. We have respected both sides of his truth and we haven't created a philosophy or a theology that has left us wanting. Okay? Chosen. Predestined. With responsibility. Chosen. Predestined wanted god almighty wanting you when you step back in your day-to-day walk how often is it that you stop and say god reaching down to me to work with me to have a relationship with me now that's some white paper that's a good thing to be focusing on god the father desiring to work with me 
Why? That I might be holy and blameless. That I might be holy and blameless. And then he says at the end here, according to the purpose of his will, in verse 5, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. To the praise of his glorious grace. This thing occurred, this phrase occurs three times. Once for the Father, and then we'll see it coming up two more times. Praise his name. God at work. He has reached down to touch my life. He has decided that no matter where I'm at, he wants to work with me so that I can reflect who he is. I can end up holy and blameless, showing him off. Showing him off. Not showing me off. Showing him off. Wow. What a plan God's got. As we enter the new year and we start thinking, 365 days of commitment, what am I going to do with it? Somehow weight always comes into that. You know what I mean? And so we start thinking, yeah, my 365 year commitment, I'm going to try to lose 10 pounds, right? How about I'm going to try to reflect God's character more this year than I ever have before to the praise of his glory. I'm going to try to look more like him tomorrow than I did today to the praise of his glory. Now that is a plan coming right out of Ephesians. Let's reflect the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God the Father. Praise God the Father. What is it that you need to be working on? What needs to be let go of? What needs to be sought after? Think about it. Write it down. It's time to go after it. We've got 361 days left. Let's go after praising God by looking more like him at the end of this year than we ever have before. Praise God the Father. You know, Paul continues, and he's basically his second point is praise God the Son for how he has blessed me. Praise God the Son. Are you noticing a theme now? Praise God the Father. Praise God the Son. He starts out in verse 7 here. He says, in him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. Redemption. What does the word redemption mean? It means to purchase. It means to buy. It means we had a debt and the debt was covered. How did he cover it? Through his blood. Jesus Christ paying the payment for you and for me. As we owed eternal separation, he said, no, not on my watch. The holy, righteous, loving God of the universe demanding eternal separation when we come up short. The loving, merciful God, same God, saying, I'll provide to bring us together. Now that's a God worth serving. That's a God worth reflecting we have a God who said, I love you so much that I will pay what it takes. Come to me in faith. How did he redeem us? Through his blood. Now, I just want to be real careful here. Some take this and they go, redeem? Well, then he must have bought us from Satan. There must be somebody he bought us from on the evil side. The answer is no. He very clearly is paying out the holiness that God demands is being satisfied in the, in the sacrifice that God is making. The redeeming is to himself. God the Father demanding a holiness and an eternal separation otherwise. God the Son offering payment to satisfy the holiness. So important. This is not 
God in battle with Satan. This is God satisfying his character. This is God 100% being satisfied in the solution. No other religion offers it. No other look at God offers it. We serve a God who is whole and complete in his holiness and his love and mercy. Nothing short. Now that's a God worth showing off. Amen? We got to go after him with all we've got. You know, in verse 7, it says, Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. The forgiveness. We all know what the word forgiveness means. To put it to words, it's to cancel out a debt. It's to let go of something that we've been wronged in. We've wronged him. We are the created beings. He's the creator. And yet he went after us to forgive us. The forgiveness of our trespasses. It's really important that we understand that. Trespasses. Breaking the law. Rules established by the character of God have been violated by our behavior. And yet, he chooses to say, come close to me. I forgive you through my shed blood. We need to embrace him and his offering. And we have the opportunity of being redeemed, purchased back in to the family of God, of being forgiven. Let go of that debt. Don't carry it yourself. God is willing to carry for you. Give it back to him. Let him pay it. Forgiven of our trespasses. According to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us. The riches of his grace. Remember the name of this whole series? In his light. Evidences of God's grace. His grace giving us unmerited favor. You know what? He is lavishing on us. And I thought to myself, we better make sure we get lavished. So here we go. You ready? Lavished. Imagine you want a bowl of ice cream and somebody comes up and says, hey, could I have a little whipped cream with that? And so you say, sure, you know, and you go like a little whipped cream there. They're like, no, I mean, really, give me a, a, give me a lot of whipped cream. All right, sure. You know, there you go. That's a lot of whipped cream, right? God lavishing upon us, lavishing upon us pouring it out on us, everything that we get, everything that we have, spilling over the sides, nonstop, hang on, God's shaking the can, coming back for more, right? I mean, we have a God who lavishes upon us, lavishing to the point where it pours over the edge of the bowl. We have a God who loves us and pours it out on us with everything he's got, and it tastes good. (laughs) To God be the glory, amen? We serve a God that lavishes his grace upon us. Evidences of God's grace, it's not a hunt and peck where we find little things here and there. It's pouring out over the edge of the bowl. Everything we've got pouring out to us. God lavishing on us his grace. If we don't hear that word and go, wow, I need to be stirred. I need to be motivated by this. We're missing what Paul's saying. He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. So I am redeemed. I am forgiven. And it's lavished upon me. I know the mystery of his will. I know the mystery of his will. It says in verse 9, 
making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. There's a mystery that they didn't get. For centuries, they were confused. How does this Messiah King come to reign and unite Jerusalem and all of Israel? How does he make that happen where God is honored and yet somehow there's this thing about the Gentiles coming in and all nations being blessed? How does that work? We don't know, but we're looking for the Messiah King. That's how it went for centuries. But when Jesus comes and he comes as the sacrificial lamb, Isaiah 53 all of a sudden becomes much clearer. Wow. He has come first to make a replacement payment. He has come first as the humble servant. He has come first to provide what we need to establish the relationship. He will come second as reigning king. And that's what the mystery is. We serve the king who will be coming to reign with all authority to unite all things in himself. What is the plan? To unite. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, reigning for all eternity. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. It's coming. Amen? We serve the risen king and we serve the king who will reign for all eternity to unite all things in himself. Jesus Christ, the mystery revealed. And you and I get to know him personally. You and I get to have a relationship with him where we can be changed and transformed. Praise be to God the Son. When does this happen? In the fullness of time, it says there. In the fullness of time. In other words, as we come to the close of time here, Jesus Christ will come as reigning king. And we better know it's happening. Revelation 19, he's coming. Revelation 19, he is coming with authority. Jesus Christ will reign for all eternity. It is going to be a sight to behold. And the only response the angels have, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. I mean, think of the awesomeness of being able to finally see him face to face, not being tired not being disappointed, not being in pain, but forever being able to worship him as it was supposed to be. It's going to be reunited, Jesus Christ's work, the mystery revealed to you and to me. One last statement he makes in verse 11. He says, in him, Jesus Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. Did you know that? Not only has he set you up to rejoice and enjoy here, But there's something big coming in your name. It's written with your name on it. He said, you are an heir earlier, the adopted one. And there is an inheritance coming with that. You have obtained an inheritance. And it's coming. You know, he announces a few things about it. He says here, uh, he has predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. God is not contradicting himself. It's according to his will that he is moving so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the, take a look what it says, to the praise of his glory. None of this is about us. That's the thing. 
You have been designed, I have been designed, where we are most satisfied when we're pouring it back to him. While he's lavishing it out on us, we are lavishing it back out on him. While it's coming to us, it's about reflecting it back to him, to the praise of his glory. Jesus at work in your life, redeemed, forgiven, informed of the mystery and obtaining an inheritance. Jesus blessing us with everything he's got so that we can praise his name. Amen? We got to go after that with everything we have. The white on the paper. We can't lose sight of it. We can't lose track of all that he's pouring out to us. You know, my daughters are uh, very sweet little girls. And so because I'm leading with this, you know I'm going to a spot where something happened that wasn't so sweet. So, so Megan was about four years old. And uh, she just was having one of those days, you know, bad night of sleep and wasn't real satisfied waking up and putting on the Easter dress. It's Easter Sunday morning. And so, you know, it's the day where you're supposed to do the hair up extra special and all that kind of stuff. So we're dressing her up and um, she's one unhappy camper. And she's letting us know with tone, with attitude, stomping of the feet, turning her back on us, just little things that you know, she's trying to power move into, right? And uh, so we get through it and we get to church and it's not getting any better. And we put her into her class and we go through church and we take her and bring her home and it's getting worse. And by the time we get home, I'm like, that's it. So I take her upstairs to her room, walk her into the bedroom, set her on her bed. And I said, we're having a talk. You know what I mean? One of those kind of talks where it's not really a talk. Yeah. So like we're having a talk. And then I start talking. So we're really having a speech, but that's all right. So I'm talking with her and letting her know how I am dissatisfied with what's been going on. And it needs to change now. And she turns her back on me. And I walk out of the room like, I, I got to get my cool because I'm about ready to lose it. And I'm walking down the steps. And they, you know that, um, you know that little wood paddle where you hit the ball and, the, and, and like the ball falls off in four seconds? Do you know what I'm talking about? The string's attached and it like goes ripping off. And Okay, so we had one of those sitting around. And I picked that thing up and we don't, like, we don't paddle in the home. We don't spank a lot. I mean, there's probably been a few times, but we really, that's not the big move that we go through. I'm not saying it's all wrong, but it has to have its moment. And I'm walking back in with the paddle going, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. <laughs> but it probably looks pretty intimidating, you know? So I walk in and she's like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't know yet, but let me tell you. <laughs> so I ever sit down on the bed again and we start talking and I said, you have been extremely naughty today. And we walked through what it was. And I said, Megan, you're going to have to turn around. I have to spank you with this paddle and it's going to hurt. Turn around. And she turned around slowly on the edge of the bed. Very, very sad. And, you know, tears are starting to come down her eyes. And I take that paddle and I set it down next to her on the bed and I said, today's Easter Sunday. You're going to take that paddle and you're going to spank me as hard as you can now. And she picked up that paddle and she went, uh-uh, I can't do it. I said, come on. And so she, you know, she tapped me and I said, no, it's a hard paddle, hon. This was four hours of disobedience. You bring it to me. And she, so, you know, then she's like, all of a sudden, wax, you know, Barry Bond style, you know, wham. I'm like, whoa, okay, that was good. A good four hour spank. Holy cow. And tears just start streaming down her eyes. And she dives in and she grabs onto me close 
And she said, Dad, why did you do that? I said, honey, because I love you. And you need to understand that Jesus loves you just as much and more. We are here for you. And instead, you're acting like nobody's here for you and the world's against you. I love you with all I've got. And she dove into my arms deeper, and I held her. I picked her up. I'm walking downstairs, coming down the steps, holding her, and we're both laughing and tickling and joking by that point. And Jana comes out from the kitchen, and she's like, what changed? You know, how did this get so good? And as I explained to her, she just, all of us sat together and had a great family moment of healing and growing. Let me tell you something. Sacrifice says I love you more than anything else. Don't get me wrong. Not every single spanking should be a sacrifice. But, but let me tell you, sacrifice says I love you. Does Jesus Christ love us? He sacrificed with his very life. He came up next to us and said, while you are turned against this couch for all eternity, mine, I'm on, you're off. And he stepped in and he took the payment of death, shed blood for you and for me. Praise God, the son who has blessed us with redemption, with forgiveness, with the mystery of his will being made known, with an inheritance that we have obtained. Jesus Christ loves us, and we know through his sacrifice, he has lavished out with grace upon us, unmerited favor upon us. That's a God who we know is loving. Amen? Nothing like it. Paul's just getting going. Praise God the Father. Praise God the Son. Praise God, the Holy Spirit. He says in the end, praise God, the Holy Spirit, for, who, for how he has blessed you. He is blessing you as well. All three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, working together to make sure that you have been lavished upon and blessed. Praise God. How? Well, first he says in verse 13, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, we're sealed. The Holy Spirit has sealed us. I am sealed. I am sealed. What does that mean? Well, you can picture kind of like a big letter and you pour the wax on it and you take and you put this stamp in it and the stamp leaves a symbol that says owned by, possession of, sealed. He's basically saying not to be opened except by me. This is my property sealed the holy spirit saying you are mine you are mine you know as we dive in here and we see what's going on we were sealed with the promised holy spirit the sealing is the holy spirit himself jesus when he was talking in john chapters 14 through 16 he said there's a comforter coming there's one coming he, t- he described he's going to be convicting. He's going to be illuminating. He's going to be directing. The Holy Spirit will be with you as I leave. And he will be with you daily. Acts chapter 1. He is coming with power. That's what's happening. We've been sealed by God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, with authority and with power. And the Holy Spirit, not it, he is at work in our lives daily. 
the person of God and the Holy Spirit at work in you, sealing you, promise, sealing you as a promise. He says in verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire their possession? Guarantee. How do I know God is at work in my life? Holy Spirit. How do I know that he is actually going to do what he said he's going to do? The presence of God and the Holy Spirit. Being able to have the discernment and the conviction and the wisdom and the insight coming from working through the scriptures and in prayer and having God himself, the Holy Spirit, with you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, we are told that there is an inheritance that's coming in the future that we will acquire to the praise of his glory. Again, each section is ended to the praise of his glory. Blessed be God the Father. He has chosen us and predestined us to the praise of his glory. Blessed be Jesus Christ, God the Son, for he has redeemed and forgiven. He has made known his will, the mystery of it. He has obtained an inheritance for us and handed it over. We have been blessed by the Son. Praise his name. And we have been sealed and we've been guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. Praise his name. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The triune God, the three in one, holy, 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 God Almighty at work in our lives, at work in our lives. And the Holy Spirit pledging, promising, guaranteeing. Just to get a picture of it, there was a man in the 1800s in England, very rich guy, owned a ton of property, ended up passing away, and he had no heirs. And that first night that he passed away, some looters tried to break in and, and steal some stuff. And uh, the police came in, and they ended up uh, putting a tape across the door. And it basically said, warning, do not enter property of the king of England. Property of the king of England. And then they left it for the weekend and just went home. And do you know that nobody touched that property the whole weekend? The statement was being made, if you mess with this, you mess with the king and his authority and his power. If you mess with this, you will deal with him. You have a seal, a pledge, a guarantee across your life if you trust in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is saying, you will deal with me in this. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You are guaranteed before all this world. This is mine. Do not mess. We are here to praise God in his glory. It's all about him. Let me ask you this. Are you living as if you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit? Are you living as if you've been pledged to God himself to praise his name? As you look at the sheet of paper and the white on it, are you grasping a relationship that can be had with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis with him in your life? Or are you more involved in the physical things of this world that are so distracting because of our eyes and our mind? What physical things do you need to let go of so that you can start grasping onto 
what God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have been lavishing out upon you. Maybe this morning you haven't even accepted Christ. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't done what you're talking about. You know, we are offered an opportunity to simply say this. Please forgive me for walking away and doing my own thing. Please use your shed blood on the cross, Jesus, and your resurrection to new life to forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry. I want to give you my life. You are my king. It's that simple. It's not the words on my lips. It's the significance in my heart. So it's not a magic mantra, but it is coming before him and giving your heart to him in a basic way. And God wants to sweep you up and pull you close and be endeared to you and take care of you forever to the praise of his glory. It's all about God Almighty at work in your life. We are the created. He is the creator. And I just want to end with this one little thought. You know, to the praise of his glory. Why isn't that selfish and therefore sinful? Why isn't it? The right answer is this. Get ready. Selfish is not sin. Did he just say that? Selfish is not sin. What sin is drawing attention to the created, not the creator. You see, when God Almighty draws attention to himself, he's drawing attention to the Almighty, the creator himself. And that is how it all is designed. That's what we're about, is bringing praise and honor to him, the creator. And we, the created, must never draw attention to ourselves. That's what's mistake. So we've simplified it here on earth as we all talk amongst created beings, and we're like, no selfishness. But then as soon as we see God drawing attention to himself, we start getting confused. And the answer is, it's simply draw attention to the creator, the potter working with the clay. May the clay never draw attention to itself. May the potter always be the one shown off. That's what we're to be about. Praise be to God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen. We serve a risen Savior. We serve a giving God. We serve a God who lavishes his grace upon us and changes us from the inside out to the praise of his glory. Amen. That's what it's all about.